said, oh, who do you want on the podcast? Overwhelmingly, Luke's name kept coming up. Um, and of course, you know, I've got access to the man. So uh, I thought I'd bring him in and we finally managed to get him in. So Luke, how are you? Good? Very well, thanks yourself. Good. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, this will be, when we put this out, it's going to be a little bit you know, delayed, um, but we're two weeks after um, the uh, Isaac Chamberlain fight. Yes. So it's the first time we've seen each other. So basically what happens is me and Luke are in each other's pockets for three months up until a fight, and then um, we completely just miss each other for about a month afterwards. Luke goes off um, and eats and takes little trips and whatever, and I go, right, let's get myself set for the next one. But um, And then we meet up again, and it's it's all it's all the same. So... Um, we'll get into the Isaac fight, but, um, I want to just go through a little bit of, I want to talk today about your training. I want to talk about your background in boxing, like how, how that even starts. Um, and it's same. We had Jack in here a little while ago and Jack did like, um, motorbike riding. And I said to him, that's not like a thing you do at PE. Like, how did you get into that? And the same with you really, like, how did you start in boxing? How did you, how that, how did that kick off? I was fat and overweight. It's as simple as that. I, I've not uh, seen those pictures. No, it, there's maybe one or two. <laughs> Is there really? Yeah, there's one or two. Uh, but thank God Facebook wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thank my lucky stars all the time. I look back to university or whatever and go, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Facebook was just on the rise. Uh, right. And mobile phone cameras weren't great, so you wasn't really uploading directly from phones to social yeah. media. So, you know, I got a lucky escape there. <laughs> But it was it all started uh late night drinking, mm-hmm. partying as you do, come out of college, I was working part time, I was gonna work a gap year, then go to uni. Right. Uh then I ended up working full time in a bar, becoming a supervisor. Luckily found myself in a management position. Yeah. Then I was huge. You know, for a guy you know, I fight at fourteen stone, so for myself when I say huge, I I was up at eighteen stone. Really? So that's heavy heavyweight. Oh yeah, that's heavier than Joshua. That's heavier than Fury. Yeah. That's heavier than those boys. You know, it's big, yeah. and I'm not nowhere near as tall as those. Yeah. So you know, I was big, but I was still athletic. I was playing football, um, playing ice hockey at the same time. You're pretty handy at both, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was alright. I was alright. I just I love sport. Mm. Big sports enthusiast, and I'd play sports all day, every day. And a stranger just said to me, "Oh." Mate, that's puppy fat. Actually, do you know what? Forgive me. He was like, he was from London. He was like a Cockney geezer. And it was one night I was working, and he was in in the bar drinking with his wife. And I said, "All right, son, that's his puppy fat." <laughs> you know, boxing would sort that out. Well, I've never boxed in my life, but I thought, all right, cool, give it a go. It'd be a good way to lose weight, something new. Yeah. And the next thing I know, it's nine, ten years on, and here I am. That's mad. That's, I wonder how many stories are like that, though, where it was either just I, I had a run-in with some bullies and thought I should look after myself, or I had some weight to lose and I just realised I was pretty good at this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, if you had asked me, you know, 12 years ago, where would you be now? I would have said to you, most probably living in London or living in a city somewhere, working as a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Because I was at college... And thought to myself, ah, I don't want to be a dentist. Yeah. I you know I, I picked my A levels to be a dentist, done my taster sessions, it was terrible, and I thought, this isn't for me. I can't sit still looking in someone's mouth yeah. all day, every day. 
So then I just went crazy, picked some random subjects, um, chemistry, photography, graphics and design. And I was playing football at the same time. And I thought, maybe I'll be a wedding photographer. That's quite a happy job. Yeah. And uh, so then I started progressing in photography. Then I found boxing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a whirlwind. Yeah, that's interesting. And that was how, so how long ago was that? 2009. Right, okay, yeah, nine years. So when you, when you first do that, because there will be people that do um, amateur shows and white collar and whatever, when you first decide, how, what's the route? Do you, do you have to declare that you're fighting amateur? Do you just start fighting people? How does, it, how does that work? I have no idea. I suppose I just fell into it. Yeah. I was in the gym training. My weight was coming down. I used to say to Paddy all the time, when am I going to have abs? When am I going to have abs? Yeah. And let's face it, you know, I get them at fight time and yeah. then they're gone a week later. <laughs> I, I'm not the guy that gets to keep abs and no. have abs all year round. I'm just, I'm not that lucky. Um but there was a gym show, a home show, and it just progressed from there. You know, I boxed this guy, he come over from Jersey, and, you know, I was dancing. For a big guy, I was, you know, real mobile, and, and just, that was it. Yeah. That's mad. So that was the first, so you had a, you had quite a few amateur fights, didn't you? No, I ended up having 15. I spent a lot of time with Paddy as he was working with professionals. Right. So I'd end up spending a lot of time training with the pros. Right. And, Travelling around and sparring and learning the craft. Yeah, yeah. So that was when Paddy was working with Groves? Way before that. He was working with a guy that fought for the European title, um, Rob Santos, I believe his name is, working with Jamie Cox. Right. Um, and Nordine, he was a, an African Nations champion that came over and was going to go pro, but I don't know what he ended up doing with his career. Just trying to think... You know, it's such a long time ago. Yeah, this stage changes a lot, isn't it? You don't know. I, I don't know these guys. You know, yeah. they're, they're 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 the pros. You're, you're looking yeah. at them and you're thinking, "Damn, who are these guys?" Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, you had your 15 amateur fights, and then at what point did you kind of go, "Right, I think I can make a living doing this"? Because you were still working for quite a long time. So, when was it you decided, "Right, I'm going to go pro," and then realise I'm not going pro and immediately earning millions of pounds? Like, how does it like? The, it's a bit, bit weird, actually, because I went full-time amateur. So I was a full-time amateur, okay. and my parents were helping me. Well, I say helping me. You know, my parents were full-fledged supporting me. <laughs> um, I was doing some part-time work, and I was very grateful for 24-hour gym at the time. Yeah. You know, they gave me the space I could use and, and earn some money there as well. Um, so that was just, like, a couple of hours a week and the rest was training yeah i was between here in london i was paddy was working with adam booth at the time as well yeah so i was fortunate enough to train with adam for two to three days a week then train with paddy and then i was like right i'm gonna box for the country because i'm going around sparring these guys and i was thinking right no there's no way i could do this i know i can yeah so then i was gonna chase that route like gb stuff yes And then Paddy was like, the time's now to go pro. And I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like, what do you mean pro? And he's like, yeah, now's the time. So he kind of talked me into it. Yeah. But it was was the best thing ever because, excuse me, look where I am now. Yeah, yeah. You already live in that life, though, so it wasn't a big transition. No, no. 
So, um, I remember it was only a few years ago. I watched one fight of yours in Swindon, but you—that was about fight number nine for you. So, um, what was your kind of what the early times as a pro? Is it was it like the sort of thing where you're walking through people, or how does it? How, were they three rounders? No, I never boxed. I boxed one four rounder. Right. I, my my debut was a six round fight. Right. Then I fought a week later in Germany. That's madness. When I think about it now, it's, yeah. and I think about the stress that I was going through subconsciously, you know, you hold it together on the surface, but internally, you know, your body's just, your yeah. body's just a circus. You yeah. don't know what's going yeah. on, <laughs> um, which is quite crazy. But it's always been six rounds and up for me, six to eight, eight to ten, ten to twelve, mm. back to ten. I've always been in longer fights. Yeah. When was the first... Because you had a knockout record early on of, like, constant. So when was the first full... Um, when did you go the full distance? Um, the first... I remember my first eight round was against a guy called Tamas Badzaf. And I'd been ill in the lead-up. And right. I remember thinking... My gosh, I just want to knock this guy out. Yeah. But I was in the ring and I felt so flat. Yeah. I was, you know, I was, I was applying pressure, but it was only limited pressure. I couldn't give no more. I would do enough. Then I was thinking, oh, just let him go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that was the first time that I uh, remember getting out of the fight thinking, wow, that actually went like the long way around this yeah. fight tonight. But I've always known that. That will happen eventually. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it ha- what happened to AJ recently, wasn't it? We were against um, Parker. That was his first. Do you know his twenty third fight? Twenty third fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite quite a streak. But um, but yeah. So the last um, we've been working together four fights: Irish title, uh, Commonwealth title, Commonwealth defense. Five fights. Then uh, second Commonwealth Defence, Sky Sports, and now this fifth one. Yes. Um, so there, there's been a steep up curve in opponents, I would say, from the first one to the fifth. So you're well and truly on that stage. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Suddenly. <laughs> Is it weird? Because you're like, you're obviously confident, you're shooting for that, you want to be on that stage, and then suddenly someone goes, okay, here's the stage. Is it strange? No, I guess it's one of those things. When you're in the process, you don't really take it in. It's only now, in times and situations like this, when you're you can think about the situation. This is you know this is the beauty of the humans. We can take ourselves out of a situation and look back on it. Yeah. You know, that's why we are humans and and we have the intellect we have. But now we can sit back and look at it, and I can think, wow. You know, three years ago, we was just doing this. We was fighting in sports halls. We, yeah. You know, you was fighting in... Just, it was uh, Stratton Community <laughs> Centre I watched your first fight. That was my first time watching you. And that was your ninth pro fight or whatever. Yeah. So now 14 pro fights or 15. and 15. 15. Yeah. And it's live on Sky Sports from the Copper Box Arena or from, you know, Bethnal Green. That's madness. Like, that's incredible. So what... When, especially on the Lawrence fight, like that was another level up because it was main event. That was golden boy Olympian, right? Um, 
So how did that did that feel? Did you feel like the main man on that one, or did were they set? They were teeing him up. But how did that feel? No way. I was the champion going in there. Um, no disrespect to him, and even now, I still have the same attitude. If I was to fight him tomorrow, it wouldn't be. I don't believe it would be the outcome of how it happened. Yeah. It would just happen that way. And sometimes well, it's like going swimming. Yeah, you're going to get wet. Yeah. You know, we throw punches at people's heads. Sometime you might get knocked out. Yep. You know, even the great bar, bar one, mm-hmm. they've all been knocked out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be part of that same group, I'm not complaining. You know, no. it, it comes with the territory. Is it, was it like in a weird way? Is it almost a relief that, the, that now you go, OK, I've done that now. I know what it feels like. Um, or don't go that far. Nah, definitely. I don't think like that. I just think to myself, damn. Yeah. Oh, why me? Why? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I remember thinking, oh, I got to five and oh, and I was like, oh, bloody hell, I'm five and oh. Like, yeah. And it got to like seven or eight and oh, and I was like, right, am I going to make it to ten and oh? I yeah. made it to ten and oh. Then I was like, twelve and oh, and I was like, oh, wow, I think I'm going to get to th- 15 and oh, because yeah. that was the next number. And I was 13 and oh, and I was like, Wow, like I'm gonna be 15 and 0. Yeah. So the thought of losing, you know, in my 14th fight and my 15th fight didn't even come into my mind. Mm. It wasn't even. I was it's just I was on another in another dimension. I, I was just so focused on winning. Yeah. But like you said, you're in in there. It's not if you weigh in at 14 stone, you're in there heavier. He's in there heavier. Your big boys throwing bones at each other, like it. Someone's gonna end up getting hurt. That's the name of the game. And if you happen to zig one way instead of going the other way, or whatever it might be, then it happens. It's it's all to what the, the the thing that was crazy for me because people know we train together. The thing that was crazy for me, I'd be like getting a haircut, and people would say, "So next one's against Isaac." Well, that's you know, that's it. Then you can't afford to lose. I'm like going, hold on a second, like. You're 13 and 0, now suddenly 13 and 1, and it's all panic stations. It's not. It's, you're still 13 and 1, and it's that one aberration. Okay, it doesn't mean you're, it's over. It just means now, okay, we have to re, rejig what's going on and, and reconfigure where we go from here, and that's it. That's, like that, you said, it could have been different on the night. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you think of the fight itself and the level that you witnessed me perform at. Yeah. You know, I don't... People were writing me off before the fight. Yeah. You know, I uh, I didn't buy... Against in, Lawrence or against Isaac? Against Isaac. Yes. Um, but strangely enough, I had way more support people thinking I was going to beat Lawrence than beating Isaac. Yeah. And you can't buy into this because if, if you go on the grand scale of things, who are these people? They're Isaac's fans and they're Lawrence's fans. Yeah. Um, I don't have a major promoter, so I'm not promoted the same way as them. So I don't have the same public interest as of yet, yes. you know. They're, the backing they've got comes through big, big... Like They come through, you know, the biggest promotional company in the world. Yeah. I'm sure if I had the same backing, it might be a bit level, but people didn't give me a chance against no. Isaac. But How weird is that? Considering you go, OK, um, it's, it's boxing maths, isn't it? They go, Luke didn't. Luke got beat by Lawrence, and it was a stoppage. Isaac went 12 with him, therefore Isaac's going to win. Yeah. It's boxing maths. It, it makes is. no sense. But it's styles that makes fights. Yeah. You know, it, that's what makes it interesting. It's not 
oh, he beat him, so he will beat him. It doesn't mm. work like that. No, not at all. Um, not at all. Um, interesting. So the you've had chance now to um, sort of decompress after that Isaac one. Thoughts? I, I still haven't really taken it all in. Have you watched it? Bits of it. Mm. I've watched little bits of it. Um, I've seen some edits mm. that Isaacs had put together that make him look like a million dollars. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, my ego got in the way a little bit, and I thought, whoa, like, yeah. damn, like, no, that's not... And then I thought to myself, why is he not going to want to do that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I can go get some edits made and, yeah, and make myself look a million dollars. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, right now, like you said, it's, it, like, I'm... Switched off. I'm yeah. Tr- I'm just eating. I've yeah. got a couple of little trips planned. Um, yeah, I just, not it's, yet. No, that's fine. That's cool. I, I, do you know what? I I didn't. It wasn't. Um, we. It's very boring, right? We've switched providers. Therefore, I didn't have the ability to record the fight. So it's just on the night. Um, I could go back and look at Jack's Facebook because he lived every round. Um, but, go on, Jack. Yeah, he's, honestly, he's, he's got the Duke T-shirts, he's got everything. I wouldn't be surprised if he grew a big beard and had his earplugs <laughs> put in. Like, um, but he... So that, that's... I'm, I'm looking at it... Obviously, I'm swept up in it. I'm at the time. But I'm looking at that, and I'm, I've got four other people with me. And I'm looking down the row of seats. I'm going, okay, that's that's one round for Luke. That's another round for Luke. And I definitely had six out of nine, I would say, in favour. If not, then you might say, right, it's a draw going to the last round at best, absolute best. But I had us ahead. Now, I might be biased and people will be flaring up saying, well, definitely he's your boy or whatever. But that seems to me to be the case, that you were going in that last round ahead. And um, that's why he came out so hard, I think. And every round you're stalking him like across the ring. You're chasing him around, and you're engaging, and you're the one that's putting it to him. And ha- like it's obviously very subjective, and judges or whatever. I think judges have got a short memory, and they look at the last round, the last ten seconds of that last round. He was unloading because he knew he had to, and they look at that and went, "Well, he was on top when it finished." So, and then at the end, I look at it and go, "He's absolutely wrecked." up against the ropes and you've got your hands raised and you're cheering to the crowd and when the, the rest stood in the middle announcing a winner your hands up and his is not and it just seems to me like you've told me before fighters know when they've won a fight and it felt to me that you won that fight and if it's not you know the local promotions boy or he's not a local boy or in london south and where he's from brixton i don't think he wins but it's it's is it is it like, is it tangible to you when you're in there? Do you feel like, okay, yeah, that's me all day? Yeah, yeah, I would have hand on my heart, and I'm, I think I'm honest. Yeah, you're your own biggest critic, you know. And you know, I say people, and I call things how they are. People get weary talking about Lawrence Okolu to me straight. The, you called me the day after on a side note at Lawrence's fight, <laughs> and you and you were like, you were doing the rounds with just people that would had messaged you, and you said. Oh, yeah, no, fair enough. I got knocked out. Like, you know, that was it. Yeah. Like, there's no hiding it. And I wasn't good enough on the day. So you've said this to me before, and you've been very honest, and you've, n- you've always been honest. The first fight I watched you in, I said, oh, I watched that fight. You went, oh, yeah, I got put on my ass in that fight. I was not awake. I remember. <laughs> so it's not like you're going to be hiding it. So how did, how did you feel? Yeah, I felt, I felt I'd won. I felt I'd done enough. Um... I think body language speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you 
go back and have a look at the end of the fight, you know, and fighters, like you just said, and we've spoke about, fighters know internally when they've won. They've like there's there's this feeling, even as an amateur, you know, mm. like, and now I've got ten years experience of of when you're getting your hand raised and how the fight's gone and. Yeah, I honestly, even even though I was getting getting up off my knees at the end of the tenth, the first thing I did when I heard ding 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 ding, my arms were in the air. Isaac was walking back to his corner. You know, I'm cheering, and I think you can even see his like coach saying, "Come on, Isaac, get your hands up." Yeah, like, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I started really cheering really him up. Yeah, really cheering him up. Don't get me wrong, too. I call myself a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, this is we we, we we battle. Yeah, we go to battle and uh, two warriors. But internally, you you have a good idea, and I felt that I'd done enough. I felt that I'd beat him. But like you said, it is subjective. Mm-hmm. It, it it boils down to the judges. Um, I was up. I always think you're up against it when you're fighting the home fighter. Yeah, and even for me to say me being the home fighter. I've got a slight advantage. Yeah. And that's just the way boxing works. Yeah. It's always been that way. It's a shame, but it does sometimes go yeah. that way. And they, they say, I mean, you can't, you should be able to, but they say again, well, if it's in the hands of the judges, and that's, that is what it is. But they, they could easily, they're human beings, they could take a round off. They could easily have their mind distracted like between rounds, 100%. And they might miss something where you did really well and whatever. Like, it's so easy to give a round to another fighter when actually... Because it is subjective. It's hard, though. Like, because that's, yeah. that's your career they're playing around with, if that's the case. And that's difficult. Yeah, I think... I, even though I lost, I think the fight has given people a much better perspective on me as a fighter. Yeah. They now understand the level I'm at because... Isaac and Lawrence kind of, like I said, they're with the big boy promoter. They're with yeah. Matchroom. Everyone looks at them. Everyone knows about them. They can see them. They've got access to them. They've got easier access to them than, than myself. Yeah. I'm not out here trying to say I'm the best in the world. I'm, I'm just saying I know what level I'm at. Yeah. And I can compete with these guys. And not just compete, you know... I'm at a level where I can compete and beat these guys. Yeah. And, and I want the rest of Britain to know that. Yeah. That, that That's why I'm here. And and if you have such ho- high hopes for him, now you can think, oh, bloody hell, he can compete at that level. Do you give me the same thing? The, the, the same. Do you think, oh, he can go on and become that? I know where I'm going. Yeah. I don't need any validation from no other person and then their opinion to, to tell me where I'm going to go. Yeah. Because I know what I do in the gym. I know what I prove in the ring, in sparring, and what I can prove in fights. Yeah, I know yeah. where I'm going. It's, it's interesting because, like, like you said, so you've got 95-94. So you can't get any closer than that. Like, it doesn't no. get any closer. But now it's easy to be written off and all that kind of stuff. What What is... Um, you don't know you're probably not even in, in the mindset of this yet. Have you thought about anything that's next? Who is in the pipeline? Is it Wadi Camacho? Nah, he he's fighting on my on the 17th of November. Right. Um, I don't know when this is actually going to go out, so I don't know if this is pre-November, post-November. This will be post. Okay. So, yeah. so by then we'll have a winner. Yeah. Um, 
there's a chance he may retire. He he's had quite a long career. How old is he? He's only thirty four, maybe okay. thirty five. But he's you know, he's got miles on the body clock. Right. You know, I'm still relatively young and fresh. Um, age isn't always the biggest factor in boxing. It's about how long you've been fighting for, how many rounds you've been through. Yeah. You know, it, it, you got to look after it. Health is wealth, because yeah, without no health, you can't enjoy wealth of life. Yeah. It's impossible. Um, so he might retire, but I know my next fight is with Matchroom. Yeah. Back on Sky Sports. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You showed a lot in that last one. Why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't they want you back when it was that entertaining? That's how I always look at it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm without fans, without boxing fans, I'm not able to do what I do no. and make a living. So for me to entertain them, that's what it's about. And this is the entertainment business, yeah. you know. And uh, I think I can deliver that. Yeah, hundred percent. The the weigh in was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Because yeah. I remember you saying to you before, because for people that don't know Luke, like you're never going to find a more laid back person. Like in camp or business, post camp, like holidays, and you're very, you're a very well rounded, holistic person. You've got a lot of yoga. We'll get onto plant based diets and all that kind of stuff. But you've got a really um, uh, diverse mentality. I think is a, a way to put it. But in there, I've never heard you ever outside of one person, and I'm not going to say. I actually say. think he's all right now. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> so only one person ever going. No, I don't like that dude, and that was the only person. And Isaac, before the fight, you were like you you were friendly with Lawrence after the fight, um, and I'd no real beef with him before the fight. Apart from me wanted your belt, um, you had no issue with Isaac at all. It was just the next person in line, and I remember you saying, "Oh yeah, he's actually really quite nice." quite a nice lad and this is the only person so to to see him sort of push you and you step up to him at the weigh-in was was that was expected like i knew i was gonna do it did you yeah because <laughs> i'd just like to see where they're at like this game is so psychological people don't understand it's like little victories um like it was the press conference yeah Right, I, the photographers were saying, right, stand in the middle of the stage and then go face to face. So I step into his space. I want to yeah. see what he's want to do. I want to see where's the dog in him. I want to see, like, is he raring to go? And so that's what I just wanted to see what his temperament was like. Yeah, come the way in because the very first initial head to head we done at the initial press conference, like way seven, back. Yeah, way back. I could hear him breathing. You know, like really, yeah. And it's almost like, like, bro, I'm not fighting for like another seven, eight weeks. Yeah. Chill. You'll be maxed out. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought to myself, let's just, let's just. You can gauge people. You can see what their mentality is like. You know, even though he stroked my beard because it wasn't a slap. Let's face it. <laughs> if I'm gonna slap you, I'm gonna slap you. Yeah. End of. Like he just stroked my beard. He wanted to know how conditioned it was. Um. <laughs> It just showed that he's rattled, he's, he's on edge, yeah. you know, and I just laughed. Like, yeah. I literally laughed and, and put my hand in the air and smiled at everyone. Um, yeah, I, I think they're little psychological wins. And I look at fighters and I think to myself, I can't emulate one fighter in particular, but if I can take little bits of each fighter and add it to my own arsenal and keep doing this, and I think it, you know, it's building me into... 
the character, and I say character as the fight character. Yeah, it's like an alter ego almost, isn't it? Like you've got Luke walking around the streets and you've got, you know, business time is, is that's what you're... Absolutely, like. because, you know, some people only see me as Luke the fighter, Luke yeah. the, you know... Oh, the amount more. of people that surprised at the wedding when you came to my wedding and they were like Luke's lovely and I was like yeah he is like, what were you expecting we were fighting people at the wedding like of course he's lovely so it's um, he wouldn't be here do you know what I mean he <laughs> wasn't a nice guy we wouldn't invite him to the wedding so it is it's, it is surprising how much time you've got for people and whatever people are really surprised by it like, yeah, but I'm funny. just like I'm just not, not. I am a normal guy. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> just happen to be good at boxing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's fortunate. funny. It is funny. So I do. I want to move on to your training and nutrition. How long have you been um, now plant based? March the twenty first, two thousand sixteen. Okay, etched. It's yeah, etched in the memory. Yeah, yeah. So that was the last steak. That was that was well, it. Oh, let's be. I have to be honest. Um, I've had meat three times since. Right. Um, and what, one of actually, it's all been of recent. Yeah. Um, but I do follow a plant-based diet. I, I've, I'm very careful with the word vegan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like to call myself a vegan. You know, there is. Um, there's some jumped up vegans out there that you're not a vegan you've got a leather wallet or you know you've got leather in your car wow like (laughs) jeez man like if you're passionate about it that's cool I'm I'm all for people being passionate about things but you don't need to ram things down people's throats you know that's that's uncalled for Mm. who's being compassionate now when you're ramming veganism down someone's throat but um, it's hard I think it's an identity um, I think, like you said, it's becoming more and more and more popular. And like you just said, it is, if you want to follow a vegan diet and you've got, you know, it's compassion for animal welfare and how they're treated and, um, and you know, equality and that, absolutely more power. Like, do, do your thing. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So for me, it was, you know, I started doing this pure as selfish reasons for health. I was also made very aware of the animal industry, of, yeah. of you know, the mass farming and, and what goes on, the, the things that people don't see. Yeah. And I've become very aware to that. And I think to myself, me following my diet now does help the environment. It does help the planet. It does help the animals. I physically couldn't go kill an animal and then eat it myself personally. That's a lot of people's benchmark, isn't it? If you could do it, fine, eat it. Yeah. But if you can't do it, well, you shouldn't. That's what I know. I've heard a lot of people say that. I couldn't do it. I don't even. I, I don't even like killing spiders, insects. There's one thing that I can't help myself. As soon as I hear them, it's a fly. Yeah. I'm like whack. Oh. <laughs> Thinking to myself, but you know, <laughs> they're in a little burial. Yeah. <laughs> They're nuisances, yeah. you know. They touch your food and what the, the other things they touch, but you know, it isn't for me to kill them. But yeah, I couldn't do it. I, I'd struggle. Yeah. So um, was the was the initial switch? Was it for it was for health reasons and performance, or was it for welfare? i It was a bit of both. Yeah. I'd say it was most probably sixty percent health, and then forty percent of the welfare of the planet. But now it's more like. welfare of the planet and 10% of the health. Yeah, definitely. 
people don't understand what's going on behind closed doors. And it's one of these, you play ignorant to it. And you, oh, I don't know. Well, you're part of the problem if you want to play ignorant to what's really going on. Yeah. You know, if there... Here's a, a very easy one. That child's being abused over there behind closed doors and you know. You think you're not going to do something about it. You will. Yeah. You will call the police and, and, and you'll do what needs to be done. Yeah. So I have now become aware, you know, of the animals' welfare. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have more and more so. Has it affected your performance? I think... I wouldn't say it's made me weaker. I wouldn't say it's made me stronger. I, I would say it gives me a, a psychological edge. Right. I, my, my thing is, you've got two cars. I get premium first-hand fuel yeah you know people that eat meat are eating second-hand protein right you know the animal eats the the grass or the plant-based food which then converts in their system to protein which then is in their meat you know i take it from source firsthand why wouldn't you want first-hand um first-hand fuel yeah the best product i get it i get the best that's it. I've never looked at it that way, ever. That's really interesting. Um, so, did, like, initially, when you first switch over, is it like, it's the sort of thing where you kind of go, okay, where do I source X, Y, and Z? Did you have that, or you just immediately start eating loads of vegetables, or did you look to try and replace like for like the amount of protein you were having and carbs? Did you look at it in that much depth? Oh, I went into it in depth. I was looking into it for about seven months beforehand. Really? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know where, to, you know, the, the cliche questions. Where do you get your protein mm-hmm. from? I, I don't get me wrong. I understand that there's protein in rice, there's protein in beans, there's protein in wholemeal foods, but it's also understanding the combination of what makes a complete protein. Yeah, you know, animal meat. Well, meat in general, fish meat, they make complete protein. Yeah. Um, you need to eat combinations of food as a plant-based eater to, to get the complete protein. And you don't need as much as people think. No. No way. No. This is a weird thing when it comes to, um, like, obviously we do courses and you take a break on a course and the shaker cups come out, right? And it's... Or it's like, well, when am I going to eat on the... I need to get my... And it's... Um, Protein is so misunderstood, like the actual volume, because we seem to go, well, if I'm built, trying to build muscle, I just need to cut, leave everything else where it is and just fire in loads and loads of protein. And you, you're, you, it's just impossible to get that much in and absorb it. It's not just going to suddenly build loads of muscle. So it's, I think it's massively misunderstood. Yeah. No one's ever... I, I personally think nutrition is way more important. How many people do you know have been to the doctors and said... And the doctors turned around and said, you, you're protein deficient. Yeah, no, never. In the history of mankind, <laughs> has anyone ever heard of this? <laughs> never. No. But you hear people going, you're anemic, you know, mm-hmm. you've got low iron in your system. Well, yeah. you better go eat some more plants because, you know, it's thriving in the plant base. Yeah. And that's why, you know, for me, it's health. It's about health. Yeah. You know, I said earlier on, health is wealth. Without good health, you can't enjoy the wealth of your life. You can't enjoy spending time with family. You can't enjoy, I don't know, I, I 
like I enjoyed reading, but you know, if, if my health wasn't great, I couldn't read. I couldn't go do yoga. I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't enjoy these things. Yeah. Well, we had um, uh, on honeymoon, we did a, a hike um, up Table Mountain in Cape Town, and it's you know it's a, it's an hour and a half to two hour hike, and there's a cable car. So, and a cable car is there's a line out the door for the cable car to take you up the mountain, and and we just got went. Well, we're gonna we didn't consider we're like we're walking up it and we'll get the cable car down so we can see the view from there but it's like i can't imagine living a life where i go i couldn't get up there there's no way i could do it just because i'm physically unfit i can't imagine that like so the enjoyment is taken away from these things that you you might you might never experience that just because you're not in shape people people take their health for granted definitely um you know i i I, I eat plant-based supplements. I see a chiropractor. I, I pay a couple of gym memberships so I've got access to yoga. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because let me assure you, if your car broke down and, he, and you needed to pay £1,500 to get that fixed, you would. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend about 300 quid on my car, which is my body, which transports me every single day of my life, why wouldn't I look after this? Yeah, yeah. You know, th- this takes you from this experience of your life experience from birth yeah. to death. Yeah. How many cars are you going to have that you keep for 90 years? Exactly. <laughs> You're going to get a new one soon. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it's, um, go, sort of go, going back a little now, you said about me working. So, I was yes. a full, full-time amateur. Then I started doing some summer work for a friend. Then I ended up learning how to plaster at the start of my professional boxing career. Now I've given all that up again. But the older guys always used to say to me, wear knee pads. And believe me, I'm the guy that wears knee pads. (laughs) And you see people laughing at you. But then I know other people that are older and they're like, I'm like, what's that of you? They're like, my knees. I'm like, <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, you was told to wear knee pads. Yeah. And it's like, it was uncool. Yeah. You know, all these little things that are uncool, like wear glasses because, you know, your eyes need glasses. Yeah. No, it's not cool. So you don't wear your glasses later on in life. <laughs> yeah. You've got even, you know, you, you've got glasses that you have to wear 100% of the day. Thick. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't bother. When I, I remember when I was at school, the big one was... Um, was a uh, backpack on one shoulder and then it became like a thing where people oh, your posture and I was like yeah but that's not cool like double shoulders what are you doing like and it was yeah, right. you're like outcast because yeah. of that so yeah there's, there's um it's so when you when you you gave up work it wasn't actually ages ago was it it was about two and a half years ago something like that two years um so I venture back and forth yeah um people like I actually enjoy working. Yeah. I enjoy the banter at work because you know when I'm training it's it's quite you enjoy I love training. There's no like but I'm so focused. Yeah. And when I go to work and it's lad banter, you know, it's building yeah. site banter yeah. and I don't get that at the gym. No. Um but yeah, so I must really, I give up completely about a year and a half ago. But so I've got a break now. Mm. I'm going to go back and do some work. Yeah. You know, I, I rang my old boss. I was like, D, I was like, 
what's going on then? And he's like, you're right. I was like, yeah. I was like, what's, you know, any shifts or what? He's like, for you, of course. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually going away tomorrow for maybe five, six days, just a couple of little city tours. Where, where at? I'm going to Belfast first, then yep. flying to Edinburgh, then coming home. Nice. Um, any Game of Thrones fans out there, I'm going to go see some like Game of Thrones okay. like, scenes yeah. in Northern Ireland, which I am buzzing <laughs> for. Um, I've never been to Edinburgh, so I'm just going to turn up. Why not? And find a hotel. That's supposed to be an amazing, but you haven't booked a hotel. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> That's an amazing place. I've heard really good things about about um, Edinburgh. Really good things. Um, not that I haven't about Belfast, but like Edinburgh is supposed to be stunning. Yeah, Absolutely stunning. It would, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun. Um, so you said there's not a lot in the pipeline just yet. Are you already talking? Is Paddy talking to people? Yeah, Paddy is. You know, Paddy. <laughs> You know, I, t- I take my hat off to him and commend him so, so, so much. He is non-stop. People don't understand how much work he has to do mm. behind closed doors. They just see him holding the mitts, you yeah. know, or guiding me through fights or guiding me through sparring. They don't r- understand or know how much work he does. He was negotiating my next fight before this fight. You really? Know? Yeah, you know, and it's... Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, non-stop. Um, but Matchroom have offered me another fight, which will take um, the dates for that is to be confirmed. So I'm just going to enjoy enjoy this little break. Here. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So I would say to people, they, they sort of go right. Usually, what three fights a year? Something like that is typical. Four, I'd say four. Yeah, yeah. Um, Last year was like my quietest year in terms of fights. Uh, I've boxed twice so far in 2018. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to fight though in February, March, March and then End we had a March, yeah. snowstorm in, in Swindon, so we didn't have that. Um, so that probably would have been three. Um, so what about your like your team? Because t- we got some team built up around you now. Yes, I'm lucky enough that we've you know made an extra space for me because you're already in motion with Paddy, Steve doing the strength work, and then Kate, um, who's actually booked in to come on in a, in, in a couple of weeks, so that'll be a good one. I'm ready to have my absolute mind like warped by her. Yeah. Um, I look forward to listening to yeah. that. Yeah, so her um, theories on things and understanding of things is is another level. She's um, what PhD? She's like a genius. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, she's not like she, she is. is yeah. We're sitting in the in the meetings, and she says, "You take care of X, Y, Z," and I'm like googling X, Y, and Z. Right, no worries, I got you covered, Kate. Um, but so she's she's been on board for how long? She'll quite a while. I've been with Kate almost from the get go. Uh, I was venturing around with a few like sports therapists, physios at the start, and. Then a friend, my mate Sam, recommended me to Kate. And then that was it. You know, the relationship is just, it's blossomed over the years, you know. And now, yeah, she's like, she's the mother of the group. She She is, yeah. She tells tells us what goes, you know. She's she's the boss. It's funny. We're going, so, you know, you picture a typical boxing gym and it's, you know, we walk in and it's late night and we're sitting on the couches in the office and, Paddy's there and there's, there's boxing posters all over from different fights around the world. There's mitts hanging up everywhere. There's Luke, who's an enormous cruiserweight boxer. There's two strength and conditioning coaches and Paddy. 
and then Kate comes in and tells everybody what to do. <laughs> it's quite a funny scene. Um, but I, I think it's, it, it works really well because she has no desire to get into what either of us do. So she goes, this is what he needs to work on and what he needs to maybe fix or what might be misfiring or whatever. There's a slight imbalance here or a weakness in that. And then over to you, which is great. It's not prescriptive for us. So we then go, she trusts that we've had enough experience and enough knowledge that we'll go, okay, cool. If it is a oblique thing or if it is a glute thing, cool, we'll figure that out. Not a problem. Yeah. So we can put our stuff into what she's doing. Whereas I'm sure there's loads of people that take way too much responsibility and try and write all the programming and dictate everything. So it's, it works well there. And then you've got the balance between myself and Steve doing the conditioning and the, and, the, and the strength work. You've been with Steve about as long as you've been a pro as well, right? Yeah, from the get-go. We, um... Yeah. It, 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 another, another... I have a great relationship with him. When we first started working together, he was so quiet. Yeah. But if you, if you know him as a man, he's quite a quiet man. And, uh... He didn't necessarily get my humour at the start, you know. <laughs> I'd be taking the mick pretty much, you know, sarcastically or, or quick wit and, and giving him grief. He had no idea what was going on, but, you know, for they were going into our fifth year. So now he, he finally gets it. Yeah, we, we're, we've been on a journey. We've yeah. been on a great journey. It's, um, I, think I, I think I was introduced to you at the perfect time, because any later... You'd have been really sceptical of me, probably, um, joining after a big Sky Sports fight or whatever. So I'd be, I would be at much more of a deficit in trying to earn your trust, I think. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I'm always, I'm always sceptical about working with new people. Um, there's one thing that I admire about the team that, that you know, we all work together is, is no one's got a big ego mm-hmm. and... That's very, very important. Um, I know Paddy's my boxing coach, manager, but he's not as knowledgeable as you when it comes to strength and conditioning. He's not as knowledgeable as Steve when it comes to those things. He's not as knowledgeable as Kate when it comes to what I need to rest and what I need to push. And, you know, someone who's got a big ego might get in the way and be like, no. I'm saying this and, and this is final. But yeah. the fact that we can all respect each other and well I, I don't I don't have no say in anything really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just do as I'm told. Um, but the fact that everyone respects each other and it, it does complement each other and allows us to work really well. Yeah. No, it is it is interesting. But you, again I, I'm testament to that. I remember when we first started working together and you had said to me really early on, and it was it was almost um uh, a, a quiet and polite way of, of testing me because you went, oh, Stu, just so you know, I ask a lot of questions when I'm training and it was almost like, so I, everything I did I was justifying to you because you were like asking me questions and then the second fight camp came around and I would immediately start telling you what we're doing, you went, oh no, that's fine so I knew, I? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were testing me to see that I knew what I was doing but also had your best interests at heart and whatever and, and now there's not there's, there, I, I'm in that squad so it's a, it was a funny I noticed a change from fight one to fight two I'm still questioning Kate Are you? I question Kate on <laughs> that's because it's everything. hard to understand yeah yeah I can't it's, so I just finished actually it was a podcast I finished listening to a podcast the other day and I can't remember all the 
personality types. Apparently, there's four main personality types. Okay. Um, there's the obliger, who kind of just agrees through life and cracks on with things and gets things done. Then there is the questioner, who questions everything. Um, and there's a rebel, and there was something else. But I'd most probably put myself in the questioner category. Yeah. Um, because I do, same as Paddy, I, I, I physically cannot, well, I say physically, sorry, I mentally cannot do something if I do not know the reason why. Yeah, you, know? you definitely buy in a lot more, like, when, when it's explained. I, but I, I, I get that, and I get it with students. I ask all the time about working with athletes and stuff like that. And my big thing with working with, with you guys is that I have very little margin for error. And that's... If you're looking at like a, it might be a weight loss client, there's, there's a lot of ways we can achieve that. Whereas if I'm looking at a very small 1% edge in your punching power and it's coming from a hip rotation or whatever it might be, I haven't got a lot of give, not got a lot of room to play with. And you don't have the benefit of trying stuff out when it's not going to do any good for you. Yeah. So we have to make sure we're on point. So it's important, and it's hard. Training you is actually not as easy as training my normal clients because I have to, I have to think you're immediately going to tell me straight away if you go, this isn't working. I don't feel it where I'm supposed to feel it, or I feel this here. That's not working, or that's playing up, or whatever it might be, because you haven't got you haven't got the benefit of that time. It has, every session's got to be spot on. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work when you get to fight night. Whereas I know if I've got a client that's coming in for weight loss, and they go, actually, I'm not really. I'm feel, my legs are really tired today. Okay, we won't do the bike. We'll do something else. Like there's other ways we can get that done. And it's quite hard when it comes to sport specific stuff. Yeah, I think that must be to do with fine tuning. If you think about, you know, a garage. You know, they can fix cars. Let's, I, I use cars as analogies because yeah. they're so easy to understand. But if, if your car, you want it to be a bit more efficient, you can take it to a garage, it's yeah. fine. But if you want your car to be more efficient, but you want it to be lighter, then you want it to turn around the corners faster. You've got to take it to special people. You yes. can't take it to one person no. they don't know everything in that field they you know it's, it's the master of one yeah yeah, uh, yeah. jack jack of jack all of trades all. yeah you know the, the cliche the issue there as well is those three things that you want to improve might contradict each other yeah so if i want to get you stronger maybe we've got to put a bit more weight on you and that then is a problem because you're not going to make weight so there's we have to use what we have if we're at the upper limit of the weight category and then if we spend more time doing weight loss and your strength is going to dip and there's so many things we've got to try it's like whack-a-mole you know that game like arcades (laughs) you knock this thing down this one pops up so we've got to think a lot about it but for me I love that because it's a challenge of that and then seeing it come together on fight night and it's um it's a weird it's a weird personal relationship like because like I, I always think I should wear a heart rate monitor when you're fighting because <laughs> it's a completely different feeling for me. I'm fine until they say until it's up Taylor tape and it's like up next and I go oh okay here we go and <laughs> you can see the change. It's really funny. But I remember the first fight and I said to you, God, when you got you know whatever you took that straight right or whatever it was and then you said exactly what you said at the beginning of the podcast. Stu, you're asking me to go swimming and not get wet. I'm gonna get punched in the head hard. And, you know, it's, yeah. you need to get used to seeing that. So it's a weird feeling. But it's the same with other sports. Like if I'm training Nathan and then he gets a hard tackle and goes down, I'm just holding my breath till he gets up. 
It's the yeah. same deal. Like it's you don't want people to be suffering, and if they're oh they're, you know, they're good, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so of your training camps, we'll wrap up after this. What of your training camps? What's your kind of what's the biggest um, challenge, and what parts do you enjoy most? I enjoy training. Just the whole aspect of training is what I love. So it's the, everything. I love doing different things on different days. I like the mixture. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was the same thing, it would be very monotonous. I'd get very bored. Um, the hardest thing is making sure it's making weight. Um, I love food, man. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> food is like food is life. Yeah, like, there's something. I'm not going to go into this because this is a can of worms, but apparently before time we were something called Breffarians. We didn't need food to survive. We didn't need food to eat and and so on, but yeah, it's food. Mine yeah. is food. <laughs> I just battle with food. <laughs> we're, I think we're one of the only species that's got a choice as well. If you look at like, even at your dog at home, you're probably going to serve him the same thing day in, day out, probably. Yeah. Um, most you know, whatever, most animals are going to go after the same thing because they know it fills the gap. So they're not probably eating for whatever, for social reasons and for satisfaction and because they comfort eating. They're not doing that. If you think about these, you know, food companies and all the all the, the variety of food we consume, let's, let's strip it all back. Mm. It is fuel. That's yes. why I use cars as an ad. To fuel this... Why do you put junk in it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it run as efficient. And don't get me wrong, I hold my hands up. Love a cheesecake, you were telling me before. <laughs> I was midnight last night, you know, I'm probably the worst time you could eat bad food. And I was scoffing cheesecake and crisps. You know, it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's not, but we humans love it, don't we? Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, it's, sugar is a drug. It's, yeah. It's, Bad. <laughs> no, this is, do you know what? This is part of the reason I wanted to get you on because it shows people how diverse your interests are, how interesting of a person you are, as opposed to it just being, oh yeah, the big dude that punches people. And I, I didn't want it to just be, oh, this is this is exactly what I wanted from today. Um, so thank you. Any last words? Um, no, I just like to thank you, thank the team. You know, I'm thank my sponsors, the people that support me on this journey. Because I say it all the time, and I and people, I, I don't. Sorry, forgive me for saying this. I don't care if people get bored of me saying this mm-hmm. because I really mean it. Without the guys around me, without my team around me, without my sponsors, and without boxing fans who people that buy tickets, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Um, and it is due to them that I'm able to do what I do because they take an interest, and yeah. I'm fortunate enough to. Be all right at boxing. Yeah.